Welcome, everyone, to the My Line Champions League weekly podcast. I'm your host, the Commish, and with me, as always, are two men who still can't legally enter electronic stores thanks to the alleged blockbuster video incident, Big Nolski and the Griffman. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy birthday, Mike. Well, thank you. That's kind of you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Happy birthday. And my ad, I'm, I'm glad there are no such things as electronic stores anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> That's true. They're called Amazon. All of them are called Amazon now. Uh, That was a fun time, wasn't it, Josh? That That was a fun time. (laughs) That time Ben almost got arrested for doing nothing Nothing. at all. And then went back to the scene of the crime like a moron. (laughs) (laughs) We made it back to the scene of the crime to steal another, what was it, like Nintendo GameCube game? (laughs) It was a GameCube game, yeah. Yeah. That was never actually... None of us even own a GameCube, (laughs) let alone multiple Uh, GameCubes that would necessitate (laughs) multiple GameCube games. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anyways, that was fun. Then that's why Blockbuster Video is bankrupt. That's huh. the, pretty much the sole reason why. Just that. Yeah, Karma <laughs> hit him real hard for that incident. All right, everyone, like, anyone's listening right now, like half people are like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? All right, so in 30 seconds, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. Ben Noel and I were going to Blockbuster Video up the street here in Colorado off of Orchard and Holly. We wanted to get a game for, what, the 64 or the Xbox at that Xbox time? The Xbox at that time. So... Anyways, Ben, being Ben in high school, had this very nice long hoodie on, and we were just so happened to be in the Nintendo GameCube area, and Ben's like, oh, man, I got shit on my sleeve. Like, yeah, I don't know, he had pasta sauce or something like that. So we checked out the game that we got. I think it was like, I don't remember what it was, like State of Decay. No, it wasn't State of Decay. It was a very bad game. Anyways, we left with the game. We played it for like 30 minutes. Like, this game is horrible. Let's go get our money back. So we went back to Blockbuster Video and said, can we exchange this for another game? They're like, this is just not good. And then as they were kind of like holding us up at the uh, counter there, all of a sudden the police roll up. And so they pull us each aside, and I'll never forget. Um, and Kenfield was there too because he was obviously driving. Um, what the cop pulled me aside. all right, just level with me. You can tell me honestly now, and you'll get off the hook. Were you a part of this? I was like, part of what? Checking out the video game? Yeah. <laughs> That crime scheme, I was part of legally paying for a product, yes. And so, anyways, um, the, the manager at that Blockbuster thought Ben had said, I have it up my sleeve, not Ooh. I have shit on my sleeve. So she had thought that we had somehow cracked open those impossible-to-open Blockbuster video cases silently somehow, <laughs> which is anybody who's ever opened like any case, a DVD case, knows they're not silent at all. So, anyways, the stupidest thing is, why would we return to the scene of crime after we stole a $20 video game? Got you. Um, The best part of it, in my opinion, was not just, like, how stupid this lady was, and even the cops were like, yeah, she's kind of an idiot. This has happened before. Was when we were, it was, like, Kenfield's old, uh, was it an explorer that he had? Yeah. So, um, he's like. Uh, I I need to search your car just to make sure. So he opens it. He opens up his trunk, and the first thing that there is a bottle of alcohol. And we're clearly not twenty one. We were still in high school. He's just like, "Whoops, okay, they don't have a warrant. I'm just gonna let that one slide." It was pretty awesome. So, anyways, that was the blockbuster video incident. Nothing to do with fantasy football. I just thought I'd bring that up tonight for shits and giggles. Hooray! Go blockbuster. Yeah. Screw electronic stores. <laughs> Screw them. Well, at least Circuit City is still around. So, oh. at any rate, uh, uh, what bad news on that one? Too, too? soon. Mm-hmm. Too, too soon. Too late. Okay. <laughs> too way too late. Like well over a decade late. 
Anyways, <laughs> enough about that. Uh, let's talk about football, guys. That's the whole reason why we are here. That's the whole reason why you are listening. So let's talk traditional MVT MVP. So the MVP, and by the way, I apologize that we missed last week. It was just a, a comedy of errors. We just could not get our schedules to sync up to do the podcast. And so uh, we are here, though, again this week to talk. So let's talk. The MVT for last week was HR Buffaloes. HR Puffin stuff absolutely dominated. She, Vanessa's just, uh, you, Noel, and Vanessa and Brandon are just kicking some serious ass this week. So Vanny was the MVP of week six with the MD, excuse me, MVT, pardon me, MVP Lamar Jackson, who I'm pretty sure John Elway passed him up in the draft. So Everyone kudos, did. John. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought it's like kind of almost not not exactly like Mahomes, but kind of like it's like oh well, maybe he could be good. And the he's Ravens absolutely... technically passed him up because they traded into the back into the first round to get him. Oh, interesting. Well, that's pretty pretty tricky there, Harbaugh. Pretty tricky. <laughs> anyway, so that was week six. Week seven MVT was five second chug. She won her game. Let's do here uh, two hundred four to one twenty two. We'll get to that in the second when it comes to Oof. the. Elimination challenge here. MVP was Noel. Darren Waller. This dude, how did you even find this guy? Like, what made you think of picking up Darren Waller? Tight end for the Oakland Raiders scored 47 points on the week, being the MVP. Who is he? Why did you pick him? So, uh, it's threefold. The first one is that when I was doing the research for our preview podcast, Mike, I was like, man, who the hell is the... Raiders tight end because with the Gruden offense, the tight end's going to get a lot of work. So it's like, hmm, I'll look that up. But then I watched uh, Hard Knocks featuring the Oakland Raiders. And I'm like, oh, it's Darren Waller, who uh, he, he's very fast. He's he's kind of like on his probably third chance right now in the NFL. And Mike, uh, the third one is from our Madden days. Like this must have been like maybe a year or two ago. You know how I like speed players, and he was a mm-hmm. speed tight end. So I'm like, mm-hmm. So he's Raiders tight end. He's obviously featured in the offense early on, and he's a guy that's got a lot of athletic ability. So that was uh, the three reasons I'm like, yep, picking that guy up. Well, it was a very smart pick on your behalf, Noel, and you really do need the help this year. So congratulations, <laughs> well, well, well done. Yeah, so, you got um, the shittiest team I've ever seen. Yeah, Damn actually, it. you might you might have one of you. You're setting potentially setting some serious records there because you're undefeated so far, seven and zero. You actually still technically hold the longest. A win streak in the Mile High Champions League. You win. You win eleven games in a row. It wasn't a perfect season. Nobody has ever had a perfect season. Um, I don't know. Knock on wood. This might be the year. But you lost your first week and then went on to win the next eleven. Um, I have to go back and look at the records of when that was. Since it used to be in the trophies, I could tell you right off the bat. But since ESPN got rid of that thanks, picture, Disney. yeah, thanks, Mickey and Donald and sorry, Mr. Meows. <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right. Let's let's keep let's keep trucking here. Let's look at the survivor elimination challenge week six. I'm sorry to say, hanging with Mr. Cooper plus Hooper has been eliminated. Week seven, the legend of Lincoln is now gone. So we have seven teams, seven weeks, which is interesting because last year we had several teams get the last place multiple weeks in a row. So we still had a fair amount of survivors. I think we had three survivor winners last year. We have five weeks remaining, and we have six survivors is that right five excuse me we have five uh, survivors remaining so we will see here we might have only one survivor this year it's down to the doom givers buffaloes spartans rams and warriors now let's we've talked about the 
last couple weeks. But before we start diving into the previews for everything, well, and we had to do the uh, This Day in History and Dylan McDermott versus Dermot Rolroni. But before we get into that, Shithead of the Week, Noel, take it away. I regret to inform you both, mostly Ben, that Shithead of the Week is the golden boy, Tom Brady, who um, I just read something this week that uh, if either of you are familiar with the Netflix show Living With Myself starring Paul Rudd, Tom Brady has a uh, kind of a cameo in it where he walks out of a hmm, kind of a nondescript spa, if you will, in a nondescript storefront. Uh, and really what this was, this was filmed a year ago, it was supposed to be kind of a joke about, you know, cheating. Ha ha ha. Which, that's actually not too, not too bad. Like, hey, what's this guy doing? So a member of the press this week asked him, hey, speaking of spas and nondescript storefronts, uh, was this kind of a joke about uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, getting a hand job um, or paying for a hand job at a rub and tug in Florida? And Tom Brady took great, great offense to this because while it's okay for him to joke about his whole cheating thing, which actually is a funny scene, apparently someone asking, hey, uh, this happened recently. Is this what this is about? was not cool, was a step too far, and Brady had to say this. I think it's this type of media atmosphere that you create, the blame and shame media atmosphere that has kind of percolated for a while. I think there are a lot of things that are said that are taken out of context that you choose to make a headline of, as opposed to understand what it's actually about. And cool, you can make a joke about your cheating, but you can't even say, hey, this, this happened before that. It's not a joke about that. You have to go off and blame the media. So sweet, sweet, sweet stuff there, Tom Brady. Or uh, what did you call him, Mike? A broken jump, Tom Brady? Oh, <laughs> yes. So, um, well, thank you, first of all, Noel. That's good shithead of the week. The Yeah, uh, I was trying to get Kenfield as a <laughs> birthday present to me uh, to bench Tom Brady, and I fabricated the story with fake news, you see, <laughs> that he broke his penis. And that, unfortunately, did not do me any good i mean i still won this week thank goodness uh, but i it, it he didn't bench tom brady no he did not believe that tom brady broke his penis and was not <laughs> going to be able to play football this week so at any rate well thank you very much Noel. yeah sometimes tom brady is is not as great as he should be so let's let's look at this day in nfl history the the one for today october 23rd is not that great it's kind of interesting but the one for october 22nd my birthday is a little bit more interesting, especially since it takes place uh, in Denver. So in October 22nd, 2000, Corey Dillon rushes for 278 yards and two touchdowns on 22 carries in Cincinnati's 31-21 victory over Denver. This is what makes it interesting. He broke Walter Payton's single-game rushing record. Dillon established the NFL rookie record since broken with a 246-yard outburst against Tennessee on December 4th, 1997. So congratulations, Corey Dillon. You've since been forgotten by pretty much everything else except for this one excerpt and NFL.com. So thank you for that. Let's go to, I just thank myself, Dylan McDermott versus Dermot Mulroney. Now this week, gentlemen, I don't know if you've either seen this movie. If you haven't, you're not really missing much. It's got some crude humor and some fun here and there, but... I want you to guess, we'll start with Ben this week, if it was the actor Dylan McDermott or the other actor Dermot Mulroney in the movie, the 2016, it was, did it win Best Picture? It did not. Oh, Dirty no. Grandpa. <laughs> I'm going to have to guess Dermot Mulroney. And Noel, what is your guess? 
because he's been doing more comedy recently, I'm also going with Dermot Mulroney. Ding, ding, ding. You both win. You Hooray! are both right. It is two for Dermot two. Mulroney. So you guys are kicking some ass on this. Well, so congratulations. Way to go, guys. So you, Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney, you guys both win. Dirty Grandpa. Now let's go to the oh, recap. No, that's, a, that's a bad prize. That. No, next day. <laughs> But you guys have to take it. That's the that's the oh. that's the thing. You have to take it. Tom Brady's gonna swing his broken penis at you if you don't. Is this a family program or no, uh, God no? Well, there's a lot of family, and we're all brothers and sisters, and so yeah, we're one big family here, Ben. But to answer your question more succinctly, no. So let's uh, let's go to the preview. No recaps. Where am I? Where, where, where are you? I need to get more whiskey. I've only had one. How pathetic. That is, uh, probably, that is a shame, Michael. I know. I'm not speaking well because I haven't drank enough. Not that I've drank too much. If I don't have enough in my system, I'm a goddamn idiot. So speak of the uh, speak of the devils, let's talk about my team. Um, if you don't mind, Ben, please recap the Doomgivers versus the Mavericks. Absolutely. So I spent uh, a good uh, three hours recapping this, and all I really want to say is uh, Michael won and Kenfield lost. All right, back over to you guys now. Okay, okay. no, now on to you. Or you want to do more? <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe just a touch. So this was uh, coming into it projected to be a, a, a pretty close match. Um, Michael did have the advantage going in uh, for a number of reasons, um, but both had pretty close records, pretty close uh, season to- score totals uh, going into it. Um, I think I might have even favored Kenfield coming off a hot week. Uh, but as always, his team was very reliant on the New England Patriots offense. And if anyone watched that game, you know damn well, after five turnovers, you don't really need to rely on your offense to do much. And that showed pretty well. Uh, I mean, Tom Brady you know, didn't have a bad game, obviously, and neither did Julian Edelman. Uh, but collectively, netting slightly less than 40 points is, is generally not what you want from that, that duo if you're, if you're uh, relying on them heavily. Uh, not getting much out of uh, San Francisco running back. Jason Witten had a serviceable day. Um, look, Kenny uh, Galladay uh, obviously did not live up to expectations with only five points, which is surprising uh, considering that was a very uh, high-scoring game. Um, so at 135, not a, a, a great uh, week for, for Kenfield. Um, a, f- a few shining... Uh, Beacons of hope there with Tyler Lockett. Seattle had a, a great day breaking expectations, uh, but nobody nobody had a, a, a huge breakout day uh, for Kenfield and, and right to get him to rise above uh, Mike's total points. And looking at at Mike, uh, he kind of is not a, a, a dissimilar uh, situation. Um, nobody really had a, a stellar day, but he had enough people doing uh, enough essentially to. Uh, rise above Kenfield on this one. Um, Minsh- Minshew, uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that was, he was starting for Jacksonville at this point. Um, looking at uh, 29 points, uh, breeding projections. Also, Derek Henry bring, beating projections. Uh, Tyreek Hill kind of matching exactly. Um, and, you know, K- Kansas City offense is always looking very dangerous. Um, Mike, I got to say, you're not supposed to take. Uh, tight ends out of their packaging they lose value um travis kelsey only getting four, 14 points after that recent trade not quite what uh mike was hoping for there but regardless did get the win uh and mike kind of is looking to be up on the upswing um at three and four um after a, a kind of a rough start so um 
good general uh, game for both you gentlemen, but Mike's got the uh, the victor here. Uh, so with that, I think we'll uh, turn it over to Noel. Could you please cover the uh, Spartans versus Rams? I will in the game that is sometimes known as the Engineered Bowl. The Littleton Spartans overtook, not overtook, but beat the Parker Rams in fairly resounding fashion. And this was one where it was projected to be relatively close. And because Brandon's team overperformed and Matt Larson's team underperformed, it did not end up that way at all with Brandon winning by about 50 points. And this was really, you know, a game where Brandon, I think, picked up Jacoby Brissett off of waivers probably this week and started him right away instead of, uh, obviously, James Whitson, who's on bye. And he kept pace with Lamar Jackson, believe it or not. Jacoby Brissett kept pace with Lamar Jackson. Uh, 39.2, 39.8 for Lamar Jackson. Uh, Todd Gurley, another down week. Just We don't know quite know what's going on. I know he's still kind of not quite 100% back uh, to being healthy. Also, that was just a laugher against Atlanta, so they were going to kind of rest him early. Melvin Gordon, oh, just a bad, bad game, and <laughs> closed it out by fumbling the ball away at the goal line to lose the game and take, I think, two points away from his total there. got 12 total. Michael Thomas continues to thrive, even with Mike's best friend, Teddy Bridgewater, throwing the ball, 38 points. John Brown, who I thought was flashing the pan, 27 points for Buffalo, so that works out well for Larson, but just not quite enough. Horrible week for Evan Ingram, who was back, but not obviously not quite healthy enough with two points. Uh, Jimmy Graham is maybe back himself, 23 points. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 33 points, huge game and a losing effort to uh, Alshon Jeffrey, nine points in a really bad losing effort. Allen Robinson continues to make me look like a moron, and good job, Brandon, 33 points. Frank Gore, 14. Uh, Jack Wire's defense, which was a great start, Brandon, since they're playing the just hapless Bengals against the Chargers defense, which didn't do shit. And then from there, there are kickers and punters. So huge win for Brandon, moving to 5-2, and two, first in the Mountain Division. And Larson, Matt Larson is still in it at 3-4 and four, and third in the Mountain Conference. And Mike, will you take us to the... Uh, <laughs> I almost fucked this up. It said Badonkadonk Bowl. Because I just saw Chug on there. Um, which oh. would, Yes. That wasn't even intentional. Sorry, Ben. Uh, will you take us to Legend of Lincoln against Five Second Chug? I absolutely will. And um, if I may reiterate something we talked about two weeks ago, we do not need to differentiate between Larson um, by saying Matt Larson. Larson is Larson. Larson will always be Larson. Grant is Grant. And Kenfield is Kenfield. So we have um, Kenfield, Larson, and Grant. And then Molly and or Courtney, I don't know how we landed on that one, but um, that's Alcohol. actually the game. At, well, yeah, that's good <laughs> shit. Uh, let's actually talk about this. Ben, game. Sorry. Ben, Ben's choice, dealer's choice. Ben, Ben, what do you prefer, weed or alcohol? Apparently alcohol because he's passed out. So let's go to the <laughs> Courtney's game versus Molly. Molly, oh, I'm sorry. I was muted. Uh, uh, my answer was yes. Okay, very good. Good answer, Ben. That is a great answer, Ben. So the uh, five-second chug versus Legend of Lincoln. Both teams four and three. Both teams second place. Courtney in the mountain. Molly in the Atlantic. But Molly really took the day this week, 204.3, as we were talking about, from the MVT. Let's look position by position. Really good quarterback play by Molly's team, not so much by Courtney's, but that was a tragic instance where the Patrick Mahomes 
went down with only 10 points. He looks like he's going to be out for a little bit here. So very sad, especially with how well he's been doing this year. He's projected to get 30 points. He's been averaging 31. Sadly, getting 10 is really going to tank it. It wouldn't probably have been enough, even if he did have an up week, to match Molly's score because she just absolutely dominated. Look at the running back position. James White for Courtney, 18. Pretty good, about in line with his uh, history here. But Zeke Elliott, I bet they're glad they paid the man because he is fourth overall the running back position, averaging 32 points, but got Molly 45 this week. 45 stinking points. That's a lot. He did that on 22 carries for 111 yards and one reception, excuse me, one touchdown there, six receptions for 36 yards. So Zeke is absolutely tearing it up. A somewhat muted day or week this week for DJ Chark, who got her 17 points. Uh, not great, considering he's had some definitely big up, to, up weeks in the past. But it, it, it beat Courtney's uh, wide receiver there in the wide receiver slot, Calvin Ridley, who got her a 10, talking like puncher-level points here, 10. Not so great, so clearly Molly won that one. Here's where it got a little interesting for Courtney, at least. She won the tight end position because Zach Ertz scored 9 to Jared Cook's 0. I don't get that. Why the heck did Jared Cook get no points? Was he hurt, guys? What happened here? I don't think he was hurt. I think it's just uh, Teddy Bridgewater does not have a rapport with him, and he really just hasn't lived up to expectations in New Orleans at all. So it's, huh. I think it's that as opposed, I don't think he was hurt. Interesting. Well, also Teddy Bridgewater can suck a D. So um, the flex position, uh, we had T.Y. Hilton for Courtney, 26 points. Leonard Fournette, 34 for Molly. I mean, all of her players did really well, minus Jared Cook, did really well for her this week. Flex two, Courtney, Larry Fitzgerald got three points. That's not even good for a kicker. That's just a really off week for a Fitzy. So, yep, you got three points. And then you look on Molly's side, Stefan Diggs, 38 points for that, for her. For the, so, obviously, she's just dominating there. This is where it got really interesting for Courtney. She actually won on the on the defensive side because the Patriots beat the New York Jets 33-0. to zero. And so that really helps when your defense is playing a, a powerhouse team like the New York Jets. Because they got uh, four, four, I guess he might have still mono and his, just his vision isn't great. Four interceptions um, from the Jets, he two threw fumble three recoveries. Three of those into the end zone. It was Yeah, incredible. it was pretty bad. Uh, I missed that game. I'm, uh, I saw the recap and I was like, what is he throwing to? <laughs> Oh, man, I don't know what I was he doing. He said he was seeing ghosts. <laughs> okay. It's a whole story. Um, I, I, I won't get into it right now. Yeah, he he said he was seeing ghosts. I'm the psych ward, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it wasn't mono. Maybe the dude's just fucking crazy. Anyone I think of that? I see dead receivers in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so uh, Courtney's deed absolutely dominated their 38 points. The Saints did very well, too. Um, 21 points for Molly. Interesting thing there is they let the other team score quite a bit there. Um, they let Chicago score 25 points. The only way they were able to get 21 points out of it is because they did. Um, they got two fumble recoveries, a two sacks, a safety, which is always helpful, and a kick block. Uh, what am I trying to say? Field kick. kick. Thank, thank you. With feet and the ball, and they blocked it. 
and so she did well. So 21 points. Kickers, both of them scored a even six points for Dan Bailey and Crosby, and then punters did a pretty poor job for both teams, but who gives a shit? Um, because <laughs> <laughs> I know that punters and kickers are people. I know that, but I don't care. So the um, this is obviously a big win for Molly because she's moving her way up in the Atlantic Division number two. She's still chasing... Nipping on Vanny's heels here. She is, uh, you know, still two games behind Vanny's six and one. But hey, four and three is a good place to be, especially as we head into the playoff push here. So that is that game. Ben, please, if you would, take on hanging with Mr. Cooper plus Hooper plus the Title Town Warriors. Oh boy, another week, another uh, Noel just dominating everyone, I guess. So, Noel undefeated. Congratulations. Uh, obviously, you. person that. Pacific Division uh, playing Josh this week. Uh, third in the Atlantic Division at three and four after this one. Tough loss, uh, but by no means out of it. Um, Mike, is anyone mathematically eliminated from playoffs at this point? Uh, I looked at that. Technically, no. Uh, technically, nobody's eliminated from the playoffs just yet. Even Grant and Nick can still make the playoffs. They'd have to go on a ridiculous, ridiculous winning streak, but no. Technically, they, nobody's mathematically eliminated. They would need some help, I'm, I'm assuming. Even they if need they to want sacrifice help. something. They, they get to pick, but they need to sacrifice something. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to be sure to stay away from those guys this week then. Hey, Ben. Ah! <laughs> ben, All here, right, can, you, well. can you hold this knife for me? Totally going to be okay. <laughs> what? What? Um, yeah, that's a lovely thought. I don't think they care about fantasy that much. At least I hope they don't. Hope they do, don't. Benjamin. They do. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, let's dive into this. This was not a close match, unfortunately, for Josh. Um, but looking at it, it it's it's this is deceptive for Josh. He didn't necessarily have a bad game. He had a couple uh, bad showings from a couple of his key, key players. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, obviously the uh, big trade news this week, but uh, did not do anything besides catch a single pass in his game last week. Um, and also a big goose egg from Brian McManus. Uh, any Broncos fan could tell you what happened. It's certainly not McManus's fault. Uh, he does not set up the field goals. Uh, looking in the broader picture, uh, decent showing from a lot of players. Dalton, uh, Sonny Michael, um, Hunter Henry. But uh, at the end of the day, those, those goose eggs essentially really kind of set him back from being competitive in this one. Uh, diving into Noel's score, uh, very interesting this week, is is still nearly 180 points, a, a great showing, despite the fact that the Arizona defense, or excuse me, offense had a bit of sputter this week uh, from what he was used to seeing from Kyler Murray, and David Johnson, I believe, was injured on the first play, re-injured on the first play, Noel, is that correct? Correct. And it was a weird situation, but obviously when that happens, you're nothing you can do. That being said... Uh, Devlin Cook, 46 points. Uh, Darren Waller, which we already recapped that, uh, 47 points. Uh, Aaron Jones, 26 points. And then some decent showing from the kicker. That will make for a good day. Uh, Not MVT this week. Um, Sorry, Noel. (laughs) Uh, But still dominating showing. Uh, Noel seems to have plenty of of people to fill when he has a couple uh, down players. Uh, So... Yeah, obviously, first Pacific Pacific Division. Uh, watch out for Noel. Is that uh, what do we got next, Michael? Is it you? Oh no, Noel, please take it away. All right. No. 
So, uh, Ben, this was a good win for you. 151.7 points to Nick's uh, Space Force. 139.2. Just another another tough loss for, for Nick. And really, it, it, it's kind of... I mean, he... Josh Allen, which... This is where I, I'm going to admit that if I were... If I had Nick's team this week, I would have been like, you know what? Sam Darnold's back, baby. I'm going to start him. And I would have started him and got... Negative 4.8 points. So Nick obviously oh, made the good decision to start Josh Allen, who got 29.2 points, which was a good decision there. Uh, 41 points from Austin Eckler. So, uh, Mike, both you and Nick are looking good from that trade so far because even with Melvin Gordon back, Austin Eckler is just a PPR machine at running back. Um, but from there, it's just for Nick, that's where the wheels kind of fell off. Adam Thielen got hurt fairly early, I think, in the first half. Only 12 points in what was kind of a rout, so that would have been more points for him. Uh, George Kittle, I didn't watch the game. I just saw that it was full of mud and rain against the Skins, so he only got 10 points. It was just a rough game for anyone on offense. Even his running back, Tevin Coleman, which uh, Nick started in the flex, 14 points. And then Philip Lindsay, 8 points because Joe Flacco sucks and nearly got Philip Lindsay killed back, uh, back into the game. Vikings defense, pretty poor showing for them. And you just know it's not a good week when your kicker is the th- third highest scoring player on Ouch. your team, even with 15 points. But you'd like to say third highest in the 20s. So that's, that's just rough. Uh, ben, you you know, just they'll take what you can get, right? Because 150 points in our league is kind of rough to win at, especially when you've got Carson Wentz who just, like, shit. Le'Veon Bell who was... Uh, had some good runs, but they had to throw because they just were down so much. DeAndre Hopkins it, kind of back, so 39 points for him. Darren Fells, uh, who Ben, I believe, he just started because of – oh, because the joke is still hurt. Some of it, seven I points. have uh, two, two tight end injuries this year, so oh. this league. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so. So seven points really, though, isn't bad from a tight end when you think about it. I mean, I think any more – we're all starting to see that having that good tight end can be the thing that puts you over the edge, and there's just not a whole lot of them. Tyler Boyd, down week against that Jacksonville defense. Uh, Golden Tate, pretty decent week. I think uh, you'll see more of those from him as the season goes along, Ben. 49ers defense, great week, 26.5 points. Uh, ben, you snagged butt liquor from me before I could take him on the waivers. Uh, 12 points, good pickup. And the Wadman, who just... Fuck the Broncos. Had just a horrible week because that dumbass fake punt. Don't talk about no it. Sense. <laughs> so, uh, Ben, huge win for you. Uh, another tough loss for Nick. Uh, and, Nick, I, I really – you you keep making good roster decisions. It's just the gods are just not agreeing with you enough to get you over the hump this year for the first win. And now on to – oh, God. Come on, computer. I'm guessing Mike. Oh, God. <laughs> It team. is me, and it's your game. No, uh, wait, no. Is it? It no. is. It is. Okay, wonderful. Well, the... Uh, <laughs> Where is it? Fuck. No, Ben, didn't... You You did his game, right? Oh, you've got the other here twice. Oh, oh God. Oh, Warriors God. And oh, Warriors Warriors. oh, man. I thought we were professional production guys. What the fuck's going on? So, Mike, this is... Uh, the Hit Buffalo the dump button. Hit the dump button. The galloping Gondorogatagas notion. <laughs> All right, I'll do. You guys yes. are getting closer every time you say it. It's the Buffaloes, and I'll get the galloping Ticonderogas. That will be my my game. 
And uh, yeah, actually, before I do that, Noel, I did want to say something uh, about the trade that uh, the singular trade that has happened like the last five years. I firmly believe that when teams trade, it should be to the benefit of both teams. Of course. So I, I am happy that Austin Eckler is doing well for Nick because both of us had shortcomings on our teams. He had a, an embarrassment of tight end riches. I had an embarrassment of running back riches, and both of us needed to make some sort of move because we've been struggling this year. So I am happy for you, Nick, that, that Austin Eckler is performing for you. I do not have any resentment for there um, in that any way, shape, or form. So let's go to the Buffaloes versus Ticonderogas. Let's look at this. So this was a uh, another win for Vanessa, who's 6-1, and one, first in the Atlantic, and unfortunately another loss for the Gonorrheas here fourth in the Pacific Division for Grant. Let's look at what happened here. What What is going on? I thought there was enough firepower on his team, especially now that he's gotten rid of Noah Font, to actually start performing here. And it just looks like the fantasy gods, not just Nick needs to make a sacrifice. Grant needs to make a sacrifice here too. Quarterback position, actually a fairly good week for Grant. Dak Prescott got 28 points to Vanessa's Deshaun Watson at 25. Running back position, 17 points for Vanessa Chris Carson. Saquon Barkley seems to be doing Saquon Barkley-esque things. 24 points for Grant this week, not too bad. First game back since week three, so I'm assuming once he gets firing up, be beware of playing Grant because if Saquon Barkley starts firing on all cylinders again, this dude's going to put 30-plus points on the board easy. Wide receiver position, Julio Jones for Vanny, 24 points, and Cortland Sutton got Grant, 23. Wide, or excuse me, in the tight end position, Gerald Everett got Grant, 22. Mark Andrews, very light week this week, only got nine points. He's been averaging almost 21, so the fact that he got nine is a little bit surprising. I think it's because Lamar Jackson basically stole the show. I mean, he stole – he poached points from – Mark Andrews, he poached points from the wide receivers. He poached poached points. Say that ten times fast. From uh, Mark Ingram the second. So it's been a good game for Lamar Jackson. Not so much for the ancillary players on the Ravens. In the flex one position, Cooper Cup got 16 points. That's kind of light for Vanny, considering he's been getting almost 29. Miles Sanders for Grant got 12. I don't know if Miles Sanders... Seems like a light week for him. He's definitely flex-worthy at 18 points a week, but 12 is, is a little bit on the lighter end. And this is where I think it really got went south for Grant, is that Dede Westbrook, Jacksonville wide receiver for Vanny, got 32 points. Michael Gallup, flex position, Dallas wide receiver for Grant, got 9. So whenever you get single digits, especially in this scoring system, it's just not going to cut it. This is, where, this is where Vanny won. Rams defense beat the Atlanta uh, Falcons, 37 to 10, getting her 38 points versus Grant's Packers, who did well. They won their game 42 to 24, but only scored seven points. So it was really the Rams defense that did well for her. They did it on a, an interception, two fumble recoveries, five sacks, and a touchdown. So that's how she was able to garner 38 points out of that. Kickers did fairly well together. The punters did fairly well. And this is the first time I think I've ever seen a punter on Vanessa or on any team, Brett Kern, Vanessa's Tennessee punter, got 12.2. I didn't know you could get decimal points from a punter. So <laughs> there you go. He must have thrown a pass or something. <laughs> so let's go with that. Let's, let's just assume that that's what happened. So she got Vanny the – it would have been 187.1, but because of that extra boost, 187.3 for Vanessa. So she is – 
number one in the Atlantic, 6-1. Grant, unfortunately, is struggling in the Pacific. But again, nobody is out yet, believe it or not, with five games left in this season. It is still anybody's... It's. I think it's safe to say Noel, Brandon, Vanny are going to be shoe-ins for the playoffs. But the remaining three spots, they're still anyone's game. Now, let's go on to the recaps for the week. But before we do, excuse me, previews, sometimes... Sometimes I, yes. Anyways, so let's look at the bye weeks because there are actually some big bye weeks this week. Carolina Panthers, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's look at the previews for the week. And like two weeks ago, gentlemen, where we really emphasized the consonants <laughs> in the punter's name, Ben said something interesting earlier tonight. He called him Sony Michael, the running back for the New England Patriots. So I don't want – it's okay, Ben. I, I'm not judging you. I didn't you. realize I did that. I, I, what, I, what I want you to do – well, don't worry. This is going to be permanently enshrined in my high Champions League history because now we're on a website that allows us to keep our podcasts forever. Can't so drown myself. <laughs> okay, good. Do it in whiskey at least. That way it's a classy. Um, what I would like you to do, because pronouncing names is so important. Gentlemen, if you would, each running back position, doesn't have to be in the flex, but just the running back slot, say their names with a French accent. Now let's go to the first game of the week. Ben, please take it away. Space Force versus the Spartans. I can tell you Space Force uh, running back position is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Sonny Michael is how you pronounce it back in my country. Uh, I'm coming out even French. <laughs> <laughs> kind of Russian. Just go with it. Uh, I can't do accents. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so diving into this, uh, this actually very interesting. Uh, Littleton Spartans, uh, Brandon, you know, is. I think inarguably the best fantasy luck of, of any, and that's not to take anything away from him. He's always has a very good draft, but uh, he does have the, the streak of luck in him pretty much throughout the, his entire uh, career in fantasy. Uh, he's projected to win this game, but that being said, it's only projected at uh, 177 to 168. So really anyone's game. Um, Looking at the uh, specific players, uh, Josh Allen, um, Buffalo has been surprisingly good this year. Uh, we'll see what kind of uh, Philly team they face. Uh, he is Josh Allen is favored um, at projected at thirty points. So obviously, think they think the uh, um, Eagles' defense is something to be desired. Uh, Jacoby Brissett um, has obviously been very good uh, replacement in Indy. Uh, Austin Eckler uh, is playing Chicago uh, at number th um, three position rank, averaging 33 points. Surprisingly, only uh, projected to get 21 uh, against a stout Chicago uh, defense, so I guess not that surprising. Uh, Todd, Todd Gurley, uh, the, the second, please, uh, is projected to get 26 points against a lowly Cincinnati defense uh, for uh, Brandon um, also, Michael Thomas at wide receiver for Brandon uh, has the edge uh, clearly over Corey Davis, 30 points to uh, 17 points. Uh, going down the list, it's actually pretty close from that point on. A um, couple of flex spots for uh, Nick. He still he pick, made a good pickup this week. Somebody, uh, wide receiver or running back, I tried to get. 
Um, so don't do not count him out. Uh, we'll see how how this goes. Um, in terms of pre- 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 uh, predictions, I have to go honestly with um, a, a turn in luck here. I'm probably going to curse myself for saying it, but uh, I, I, Nick, I think this is going to be your first win this week. Uh, you got some good matchups. I think I think some of these players are going to overperform based on them. Uh, so good luck to you both, gentlemen, and we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, so obviously kicking off the the first recap going on to uh, Mavericks versus myself uh, with Noel. All right, and right off the bat, this is projected to be a pretty close game with a line of four point seven points for Michael here. Uh, and let's take a look at it. So it's the indomitable Gardner Minshew against the supposed to be tough New York Jets uh, defense. I don't know what happened last week. I did see, unfortunately for you, Mike, some of the fantasy experts are picking Gardner Minshew to have kind of a bad game this week. But I don't see that. I think he'll keep plugging along. That's kind of what that offense does. Carson Wentz, he needs a bounce back game. I I know you uh, you want that, Ben, but that Buffalo defense is pretty tough. So no one talk about it. Uh, that I think could be actually. I mean, it's projection line is pretty close. I think that could go either way, and it might actually skew towards you there, Michael. And then on to Derek Henry. Uh, sorry, Henri. That's fuck it. Okay, both right. Good job, uh, and Daddy Kenny against Tampa Bay defense, which gets. Uh, well, never mind. They don't get Jason Pierre Powell back. Doesn't matter too much, anyways. And Mike, I keep saying this. He's getting his touches. He just hasn't had the big plays like he had down the stretch last year. That's got to change at some point. And Tampa Bay's defense is not actually that bad. It's just that they're they're going to give a big play. This might be the week. This might not be the week. And on to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville has got a tough run defense, although they're without their starting defensive tackle. So Ben, assuming that they can actually not get behind a lot early on, which I don't think they will. This should skew towards you, as the check mark says. Tyreek Hill back against a Green Bay defense that is prone to some big plays, and Tyreek Hill is a big play threat. So I like him. <sighs> this is a tough thing with Tyreek Hill. He just touches, but he might blow it away, or he might get the projection of 22 points about. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had a big week last week. Maybe he's back to doing that against an Oakland defense, which – they straight away their best uh, corner, so it could be a big week for him. Travis Kelsey over Dan- Darren Fells, obviously. Uh, this is the hard I'm having a hard time with Devontae Freeman, um, who hopefully won't punch someone in the first quarter of the game. Get ejected <laughs> uh, against Mike Evans, who just hasn't quite figured out his spot consistently in the new offense that Bruce Arians has put in place. Uh, Mike is starting Odell Beckham Jr in place of Mark Ingram, who is on bye. So that's kind of, I think, Mike, you'd rather not be doing that. Uh, but I think they've they got to find a way. I know it's New England's defense is historically good so far this season, but it's Odell Beckham Jr. and Tyler Boyd, who I don't know what the hell is going on with him in Cincinnati this year, just hit or miss, it seems like. Bill's defense, good start against that Philadelphia offense, which is missing just receivers and hasn't really found a run game yet. But then again, 49ers, uh, never mind, they're facing Travis, uh, well, Travis, derp, 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 Christian McCaffrey. And then, uh, you know, kickers and punters, although, I'm sorry, Mike, I just, I have to give it to the butt liquor because you just have to go at the butt liquor and the wad man. Uh, but I do think, Mike, this is 
definitely your game to lose, but this is going to be close. I think it's going to come down to just two or three players on each of your teams, maybe just one or two for that matter, just going absolutely nuts. On your side, Mike, I think it's going to be your big three in uh, Henry Hill and Kelsey. Uh, Henry Hill, that's fortuitous. Uh, And then for Ben, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Hopkins, and Mike Evans, I think are the guys to watch on your team. And from there, Mike, let's go on to the Human Resources Buffaloes versus the Legend of Lincoln. I'm gonna I'm gonna interject really quick and just point out that uh, if Mike and I had played last week, uh, he would have won by point three points. So I don't think get much closer. That being said, new week, so we'll see. Who? Uh, by the way, no, you actually reminded. I actually misquoted who was playing. Uh, who is, has bye weeks? Technically, not playing this week. I quoted the week seven bye weeks. The week <laughs> eight bye weeks. Yep, are the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas. Cowboys. So those are the two teams. Not pre- pretty, actually, fantasy relevant there on the Ravens, especially, but also with the Cowboys. There with Zeke and Prescott. So kind of some big absences with the uh, the bye weeks this week, even though it's only two teams. Let us go on to the Human Resources Buffaloes versus the Legend of Lincoln, and let's look at this. So right off the bat, the computer is projecting Vanessa to just absolutely blow it out of the water here. One ninety five point three to one fifty eight. Is that right? Only time will tell. Let's look at position by position. So Deshaun Watson versus Jared Goff. Jared Goff, I want to like him more than I do, uh, but he's just not not that productive on fantasy. I mean, he's he's only scoring 17 – excuse me. He's 17th ranked uh, quarterback so far this year. He's only putting up about 22 points per game. Compare that to Deshaun Watson, who's the number two, is putting up 34 points a game. You have to give it to Watson here, not just on that stat alone, but Watson's going – they're both going against shit defenses this week. Watson is going against a slightly worse Oakland defense versus Goff's um, slightly better Cincy defense. But nevertheless, I think this is Deshaun Watson. Christian McCaffrey versus Nick Chubb. I like both of these running backs a lot, but how could you not say uh, Christian McCaffrey? Mike, forgive me, I'm French. Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey and uh, say it right, Frenchy. Nicholas Schub. He wants. Uh, yes, they are very good in when they play the football. So, uh, yeah, Nick Nick Schub. Um, he's going against the number one New England defense here. Thank you, Noel. I can't believe I spaced that. That was my own game. So uh, he's going against a really tough defense, but Christian, McCa- uh, Christian McCaffrey is also going against a very difficult San Francisco defense. So both these guys have an uphill battle here just because it's Christian McCaffrey and he's been averaging 49 <laughs> points per game. You have God to give it to Christian McCaffrey it. there. <laughs> I know. Ridiculous. You might say, uh, you know, why would you pay uh, in the draft $69 for a player it's because you get 49 points a week. That's, I mean, you're third of the way there to the points you need to win, essentially, with one guy. So that's why Vanessa Big Christian McCaffrey. So that's, uh, I got to give it to him. The wide receiver position, we have Julio Jones versus Calvin Ridley. I like Julio Jones a lot. He's going against a pretty good Seattle defense, ninth. But guess what? So is his teammate, Calvin Ridley. So looking at these two, Julio Jones is clearly the pick here just because he's he's a more talented specimen. He's the more physical specimen. They're both really good wide receivers, but Julio Jones has this one licked. Uh, TJ Hawkinson for Detroit on Vanny's team versus Zach Ertz for uh, Courtney. 
I think this is this. You got to give to Zach Ertz, even though he's going against a slightly harder defense, the third ranked Buffalo defense versus the fourth ranked Giants de- defense for Hawkinson. I, I just like Zach Ertz. He's a dynamic player, and they don't have a ton of firepower for Carson Wentz to throw to beyond Zach Ertz. I mean, they have some, but not not a lot. So I like that. Uh, I like Ertz here. In the you just like saying Ertz. I do like saying Zach Ertz. It's a lot of fun for me. In the wide no, well, not wide receiver flex one position. We have Cooper Cup for Vanny and T.Y. Hilton for Courtney. I got to give it to Cooper Cup here. This dude is an absolute stud. He is facing a pretty tough defense, but guess what? Hilton is facing an even tougher defense. Believe it or not, the all right, gentlemen. Uh, you know that New England's defense is really good. Do you know who the number two defense against wide receivers is this season? Can say. Yes. It's not Fort It is the Denver Broncos, oh, believe it or not. Son of a bitch. Even though we kind of suck a lot, apparently we're good against fantasy wide receivers. So cool. Sweet. In the <laughs> Yeah, wonderful. Let's put that on a trophy. So in the flex two position. Oh, wait, I got his pick. Cooper Cup. He's just. He's just that good. Chris Carson, Seattle running back versus James White, uh, New England running back. We've got two. Wow, this is a tough one. I like both of these guys here. Just based off of the fact that James White is running against a pretty bad, even though Chris Carson's went really well this year, I think James White's actually going to blow it out of the water against Cleveland. So my vote's actually with James White. In the defense position, the Patriots against Cleveland, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Rams are playing Cincy. That's also a really good good bet because the Cincy defense or Cincy offense I should say is not that great but the Red Rocket every now and again can can get it going so I think the line has it right I think that was that, another bad sentence Mike what <laughs> phrasing <laughs> you know what I know exactly what I said <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah this is this is definitely Vanny's game she she is uh, almost unstoppable this year. I mean, clearly a, a top contender for the, the Colorado Bowl. So um, let's go on then to the next game. Ben, if you would, please, the Rams versus Gonorrhea. Don't call it sibling rivalry, except do, because that's that's what this is. It's uh, the Larson Bowl. The Larson Bowl. That's, that's, what would that be sponsored by? Uh, Larson. Actually, there's look Larson Automotive here in the Seattle area. It's down in Tacoma. My, my first thought was Dr. Scholl's uh, inserts. I don't I was, know why. I don't know why that came to my head. <laughs> I was going to go with the cereal kicks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just called the Larson's boring. <laughs> no, I dude, kicks is amazing. The berry <laughs> kicks. Come on. Contestant mother approved. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, it's, it's America's cereal, Ben. If anything, the Larson's are America's teams. I think plural. boring would be going, they're the Cheerios bowl. <laughs> That's nut Cheerios. And if you really hate them, the Grape Nuts Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you want to stay oh. regular and eat some Grape Nuts, kid? What? But we like the oh, Larson, yes. so yeah. Let's, <laughs> hey, hey, actually, Ben, just, just go nuts. Go nuts. Have, have fun with this. Come out of lost concentration on this, but let's get back into it. Uh, just off the bat, this is um, it's going to be a difficult one, difficult one to, uh, to recap. Just um, both... Uh, Teams have a couple people out on buys, haven't replaced yet. Uh, no, or uh, excuse me, Larson has a couple empty spots. Uh, but we will re- recap what we can here. Um, Matt Stafford obviously has the edge over no one. Uh, Dak Prescott has the week off. Um, you know, pr- pretty much in line with his uh, 
His average is projected to get 27.2 points. Solid performance this year. Nothing nothing great. Pretty much what uh, Matt Stafford always does. Uh, Elvin Kamara should is questionable, but uh, I would be surprised if did not he did not play against Arizona. Uh, that should be a really good matchup, actually. Um, and we'll see. This could be the week Drew Brees comes back. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I don't think I, he will, but he, I did see that he's saying he wants to play. But So he, he's coming back soon. I, yes, I, I, I think it's going to be another week. I think so. They have a bye week next week, too. And with how well Bridgewater has been playing, I think they're just going to bench him, get him super healthy, come back in week 10. I agree. On that note, uh, Shaquan Barkley, as uh, Noel pointed out, if he gets going, watch out for uh, gonorrhea. Said with no. Oh, Shaquan Barkley. That was actually a good one for French accent. It is, and you should just watch out for gonorrhea. <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> I know what I said. Fucking gonorrhea. <laughs> uh, Josh Brown, nothing spectacular. Uh, ranked twenty this year, uh, projected to get twenty points. Uh, surprising, uh, you know, f- the Philly defense is is not that great. So we'll see what happens there. Jimmy Graham, uh, coming off a good week. Um, Against uh, Gerald Everett, uh, edges out with uh, 14.9 points. Uh, notable on, on Larson's team, uh, Melvin Gordon. He stuck with him through the uh, the suspension. Has not come back into his uh, the form that I'm sure Larson was hoping. Uh, that being said, despite his averaging about 12 points every week, he's projected to get 22. Big test there for Larson if he wants to come out ahead on this one. Uh, James Conner has had a pretty solid year. Uh, questionable, uh, actually, no, or Larson has three questionable people on his uh, way, uh, lineup right now. But we'll see. Are if they that... actually questionable people, Ben? I thought they were okay. <laughs> Thank you. They're all. good folk. <laughs> Question. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we'll see if uh, you know, this is it's that time of year, mid mid middle of the year. I, I'm pretty sure half of the players are questionable at this point. Everyone's dinged up. Uh, so I'm get I'm get, I would predict all those players actually see the the field this this week. Uh, so we'll uh, skip uh, kickers and punters because well, as Noel likes to say, there's kickers and punters, and uh, Larson is not starting any currently. Hooray! So. Yes. Um, in terms of predictions, I, I I would like to say that uh, Grant will break his uh, loss streak this this week, but I, I think uh, Larson will have this one solidly in hand, and uh, Grant will fall to zero and eight. Has there been an zero and eight, Mike? I'm sure there has. Uh, there has. Yes. All right. Well, good luck to you both. Um, and Noel, please give us Chug versus Hanging. All right, so Mike, I'm going to do two different intros here and feel free because I don't know how much privacy they want. But the first one is this is a battle between not only a uh, you know happily married couple, but an expecting couple they recently announced. Uh, this is a battle between Molly and Josh, the five-second chug versus hanging with Mr. Cooper plus Hooper, and it's supposed to be super, super close. And from there, I don't think it's really actually be that close. Kirk Cousins, who after getting called out early in the season, I mean, 21.6 points, he's he's doing a lot more than that against a just, this is the game tomorrow night, an abysmal skins team. 
and I don't. I would imagine Josh might change this. I don't know. Andy Dalton going up against the Rams, which he might have some garbage time points. Who knows? But it's still Andy Dalton versus anybody is usually the anybody is better. Um, and then Lionel Fournette uh, against the Jets defense, which can be tough against the run, but the Jaguars are going to lead hard on Fournette uh, against Sonny Michel, the uh, originator of all of this, who's been tough but is basically very touchdown dependent against a Cleveland defense, which, ah, oh, fuck, I don't even know. They've been overperforming, and they're usually worse against the pass, but they're also pretty bad against the run. But it still has to be four Nets game there. DJ Chark, just, oh, just, I don't know. Mike, you'll have to look this up and interject here in a second. I don't know if she drafted Chark or not, but uh, Chark has been a great pickup for Molly. Just exceeding expectations every single week. Is the sixth-ranked wide receiver in fantasy football in our league. It's Muhammad's new, the new Patriot, which could be a rough kind of changeover unless they've got some packages right off the bat because that New England playbook is pretty crazy. From there, Austin Hooper, the number one tight end, doesn't matter, I don't think, whether or not he's got the injured Matt Ryan or the uh, ghost of the ghost of whatever the hell Matt Schaub is at this point, the pick six machine he used to be. Uh, Marlon Mack, that's a hard one to do in French, uh, should be due for a bounce back against the Denver defense, which is not great against the run, although we found out they're apparently decent against the wide receiver. Stephon Diggs should be, uh, if he goes off, this could be just another reason why Molly should carry the week because obviously Kirk Cousins throwing too. Stephon Diggs is big. Adam Thielen is likely out. Marvin Jones had a monster week last week. We'll see if he does it again this week against a just porous, bad New York Giants defense. But then again, there's Hunter Henry, who's just been huge since he came back. Uh, Saints defense against Arizona. This is going to sound odd, but if New Orleans scores a lot of points on offense, that could mean not so much production for Molly for their defense because Arizona is garbage time. That's why I picked them, but if it's close... I think this could be a go along with the check mark for Molly here. Eagles defense against Buffalo. You like it because Buffalo, but at the same time, the Eagles defense against the pass has been terrible. The run defense is getting worse. They're without their best defensive tackle right now. Might, might be out for the rest of the season. And then uh, Mason Crosby has had some big games recently against McManus, who should have big games, but played for the Broncos. Fuck us. Uh, Matt Hack has been. We suck again. <laughs> We sure do, Ben. The Denver Broncos. Uh, and then uh, Matt Hack of the Miami Dolphins, who they really suck. Should be putting the ball a lot, as where I don't know if Jake Bailey for the Patriots will be punting as much. So I like this game, um, not just because the projection says so for Molly, but I just think there is just so much more upside here. And there's some things to watch out for uh, if you're Josh here. Obviously, Andy Dalton and also Mohamed Sanu being on a new team. So, yep, I like this one for Molly. And for was there, there, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Were there any uh, French accents in there? There were. I did uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, Sonny Michel. Uh, I kind of failed at Marlon Mack because that would be kind of hard to be like, Marlon Mack, I think would be. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> I like very good. Very good, sir. Very good. Yeah. And to answer your question, Noel, Nobody drafted Mr. Char. Molly picked him up off a of free agency. Very good. 
yeah, so what a pickup. That might be one of the best pickups ever in Mile High Champions League history. Um, besides, who was that running back the Broncos had in like 2012? Um, God, I can't remember his name, but I, I, I only remember it because I picked him up the year that I won the championship, and he was just sitting there in free agency. I can't remember his name. I'll, it'll come to me in like the middle of the night. I'll wake up, sit straight up in bed, and be like, it was blah, 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 and then I'll fall right back asleep. <laughs> But anyway, let's look at the final game of the week, the Tittletown Warriors versus Murica Doomgivers. Now, the line has Noel winning right now, 167.7 to 139. And it's easy to see mostly because Ken Field's starting two players on bye weeks. So that would be one thing. Plus, Julian Edelman is questionable, but isn't he always a little questionable? <laughs> so let's look at the uh, the uh, quarterback positions. Noel, you've got Kyler Murray. Kenfield has Tom, Tom, Brady. Kyler Murray's going against a pretty bad New Orleans defense against a quarterback number 20, but good old Tommy going against number 22 here. However, I think that Kyler Murray probably has a better opportunity here. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. I just like him. I mean, I, I like Tom Brady too, but I, I, I just feel that Kyler Murray, for no other reason than I just feel it this week, is going to outperform Tom Brady. In the running back position, we have David Johnson, assuming he plays, because uh, he is currently questionable. What is he? He doesn't have a broken penis. He has an ankle injury. Which so, is um, almost as bad as broken penis. Wait, what? Yeah. What? Who? Broken ankle <laughs> penis. How do you so, guys find yeah. out about these things? I, I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> um, uh, NFL insiders, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> They're in your pants. <laughs> I think it's just better to say you don't want to know, Ben. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Well, okay. I, I don't know. Actually, I don't, I don't think Johnson's going to play this week. He didn't practice today. We are recording this Wednesday night, as usual. He did not practice today, so he is very, very questionable at this point. And then Matt Boyda for Kenfield, San Francisco running back. I didn't think the backfield in San Francisco was going to do that well this year. He's not great, but he's also not bad either. He's been averaging about 22 points a game. He's running against a fairly stout Carolina defense. Assuming Johnson plays, he's even running against a more stout uh, New Orleans defense. And given the firepower in New Orleans offense, they're probably going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. So i got to give this one to Mr. Boyda here versus Johnson. In the wide receiver position, we have Keenan Allen, Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver for Noel versus Julian Kegelman for Kenfield here. And I don't know. I'm assuming Edelman's going to play because you never know with with fucking um, Hoodie there. What's his name? Belichick. If if the, the <laughs> his uh, name is Hoodie. <laughs> his name is it's Hoodie Belichick. Hoodie. I think he has a first <laughs> name, but I really don't care what it is. His name is Hoodie <laughs> Belichick, and so he. Um, he, he he fucks around with the the injury report more than any other coach that I am aware of. So Edelman is currently questionable, but you can guarantee he's going to play this week. He's going against a very run of the mill Cleveland defense against wide receivers. Keenan Allen's going against a bit of a better Chicago defense here. So I think this is actually, ooh boy, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. I just watching him play last week and watching knowing how pissed philip rivers probably is after losing last week i'm assuming they're just going to want to run all over chicago especially since they're at chicago they're going to want to make a big scene so i'm guessing Allen's going to do well this week tight end position you have darren waller versus nobody so i'm going to go with darren <laughs> waller in the flex one position you have dalvin cook versus tyler lockett these two are stud muffins dalvin cook has been scoring 40 points a game 
Tyler Lockett's been getting 26 points for Canfield. I love me some Tyler Lockett, but, man, I got to go with Dalvin Cook this week. Even though Tyler Lockett's going against a pretty bad Atlanta defense, 28th, but Dalvin Cook's going against also a pretty bad Redskins defense, 23rd. So I got to give that. Got to give it to Cook. Flex two, we have Aaron Jones, Green Bay running back for Noel, and Kenny Galladay, Detroit wide receiver for Kenfield. Man, I think this is going to be closer than it looks because Kenny Galladay without – on Johnson just got hurt, which I learned today. Um, and so he's out. So I think they're going to be forced to throw a little bit more. They still have two good running backs in Detroit. But Kenny Galladay is the guy, in my in my opinion, at least, in Detroit. And he's going against a pretty bad Giants defense, 23. But in Noel's favor, Aaron Jones is running against Casey's 27th ranked run defense. And because... Uh, they're with Sands, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if they can put up the points, meaning that I don't know if Green Bay is going to need to pass the ball if they are behind. And given what they showed last week, putting up 42 points, I'm assuming Jones is just going to take the day here. So I got to give this one to Jones. Even, even though I like Galladay, I think I think Jones is going to take the week. Titans D versus the Bears D. Uh, the Titans D is actually pretty good, but the Bears D is even better. Tampa, Titans are going against Tampa Bay, though, who are 23rd ranked. Um, so it's, it might be closer than the spread's looking at right here. But the Bears are going against the Chargers, who are 19th ranked. So they're not great. Even though I said that that um, Rivers is going to probably try to sling the ball and prove himself again, he's sometimes interception prone. So I think that Chicago will actually – Chicago, I think, will actually take this one, um, which is what the computer's – are saying so kickers and punters and uh we're looking at the line assuming kenfield puts in a tight end get about 15 points there so that shrinks the line to about 13 assuming kenfield puts a kicker in you're looking about eight points there so we're looking at a fairly close line actually when kenfield starts players who are actually playing in the nfl this week i think that'll be really key to his success i think this is still your week to lose noel but it's going to be closer than the, the projections are saying right now, particularly because there's two players Kenfield aren't playing. But I think actually Kenfield could potentially win this week. You might actually lose this week, Noel. And I, I just think that I just think that Tom Brady and Edelman are going to go off this week, if assuming Edelman plays, which I think he will, just because I think Cleveland is – they just came off a bye week. They've got something to prove because they're on paper an amazing team, but they've been fairly shit this year. So I think they're going to come out swinging. So they're, I'm assuming, going to score a lot, which means Brady's going to have to score a lot, and his number one target is Julian Edelman. So, um, no, I still think you're going to win, but I think it's going to be a fairly tough battle here. I think it's going to be really hard for you. So If I can add something to uh, no. New England against uh, Cleveland, it's that – Belichick, uh, for his being as you know, kind of buttoned up as much as a guy who wears a hoodie can be, he kind of, uh, there are times he holds some grudges, and he was kind of unceremoniously fired by the Browns in their first iteration when they were sold and moved to Baltimore, and he really hasn't gotten over that. So I like this game, as you said, Mike, for uh, Brady and Edelman, who's like, you know what, fuck this, we're going to light you guys up, so I... I think there's a very good chance of that. Guys, the Browns could beat the Patriots. Could it could happen? It could. It could, man. <laughs> that is a possibility. We could also get a hit by a meteor we didn't see in space tomorrow, but 
don't see that happening much either. It's possible. It's possible. Possible. But you got to look at the two words, possible versus probable. Now, the Patriots have to lose at some point, right? I mean, they can't just continue the streak. It's not like they've been playing the cream of the crop in the NFL here so far. I mean, besides Buffalo, their division is an absolute joke. I mean, their division for the last 20 years has basically been an absolute joke, but I digress. So let's let's dive into the poll. And then we're going to head out here. So the poll this week is an early prediction because we're more than halfway through the season. My question to you all is, which division leader do you think would win the Colorado Bowl at this point? In the Atlantic, we have the HR Buffaloes. In the Mountain, we have the Lilton Spartans. In the Pacific, we have the Titletown Warriors. Go ahead and vote. Have some fun with that. And with that, gentlemen, we have actually reached the conclusion of our podcast. So I am good. Ben, do you have anything else you'd like to say? I, I prefer the French running backs. Who doesn't? Noel, is there anything else you'd like to say? Um, let's just go with a happy birthday to you, Mike. Happy birthday to Vanessa from, what, a couple weeks ago? And uh, congratulations to Molly and Josh. Wonderful. Cheers. Well, very kind of you to say all of that, Noel. So with that, we will sign off with a bunch of love from the Twilight Champions League. Good night from me, the commission. Good night from Big Nolski and the Griff man. Noel, please send us out. Go Broncos! Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>